2: I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Well,
3: I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you.
4: Welcome in. This is Oral Pleasure, our third ever show, and this one for the third week of July. I'm Billy Rutledge, along with Miles Morton and Clay Abels. Guys, we finally got the train rolling. We got our big audience listening every single week. And now it's time for another edition.
5: That's right. Yo, real quick, too. Let me give a big shout out to my homies at the hideout. I told them about the podcast, and I had like 20 people subscribing one day. Okay. So big shout out to the people at the hideout. Thank you, uh, Z-Nice, for having that birthday party. That really helped us out, too. Z-Nice. Yeah, DJ Z-Nice from Real931. It's my homie.
4: I got you. We're going to have to have him on the podcast sometime. Oh, God.
5: That, Clay? That, that would be interesting.
4: Who let you in the door?
6: Uh, once again, uh, usually I go with the Pizza Hut thing, uh, but this time I just literally I just followed, got underneath somebody, and just went in. Like I just hid behind him, and that's I walked in the door. Now Clay
4: Abels is the voice of Louisville City FC soccer. Yes, and you can listen to the games on either eight forty a.m., ten eighty a.m., or even seven nine. Going to chi Town tomorrow, baby. Yeah, a game on Wednesday. We're recording Tuesday night, so they play Chicago Fire in the USL Cup. MLS
6: baby, we're the last USL team alive in the USL Open Cups. So we're at the final eight, a chance to move on and. Uh, Potentially win some more money.
4: And uh, they're going to get that win or not?
6: We're going to go with yes. Chicago Fire's kind of struggling right now. We do have some coaching issues because we don't actually have a (laughs) official head coach at the moment. We're going to move past that. It's about the players on the pitch.
4: Well, it's a busy week here in Louisville. We got SEC Media Days, the MLB All-Star Game and Home Run Derby, which we'll talk about in our first segment. And also Papa John. Man, that's been a crazy story. I mean, it's just changed every single day. With a new development that makes it even weirder.
5: It's just bad, but we'll get it. To, we'll get to that one.
4: We'll get into it, Miles. What do we have first?
2: Fifteen. Liner it away. Sixteen. on its way again. Seventeen, and now a fly ball to center field, Harper. was just tremendous. 24 seconds. Swinging at a high fly ball center field. That will do it! Bryce Harper! Here in Washington, D.C. The Washington Nationals outfielder hoists the trophy. And he is your 2018 T-Mobile Home Run Derby champion. And fittingly enough, a guy named Scooter and hammers one right field and we are tied. Scooter Jeanette puts a charge into one. How about that? Off the bench a two-run homer and it is five.
4: Those sounds courtesy of ESPN Radio and ABC News Radio. Guys, the MLB All-Star Game is back. The Home Run Derby was this week. Bryce Harper getting in the win, and we all care about baseball. Why?
5: Why? Okay, I actually saw the Home Run Derby, and honestly, that was probably the biggest waste of time I've had all day. What do you mean? It's boring. Who can't? Look, man, there's no challenge. The coolest thing was when the little kids run and catch the ball and are bumping into each other and fighting over it. But other than that, who cares?
4: Okay, Miles, you're a little biased. You've lived in Louisville your entire life, yeah. which does not have an MLB team, so you've never experienced the regional sport of baseball. I mean,
5: I, I'm a Reds fan, but my Reds suck. right? Well, like not just right now, for like the past five years. But, I mean, I, I've seen Ken Griffey Jr. play live. I like live Major League Baseball, but between the Pro Bowl and the Home Run Derby, I feel like a Home Run Derby is the most popular Pointless. The most pointless all-star event ever create.
4: Okay, so this is why we brought this topic up is because millennials I feel like at least are having trouble embracing baseball. It seems like viewerships are down. The sport isn't in a state of crisis so to say, but across the industry the MLB, people are losing interest in the MLB and I, th- I believe that's because their fan base is dying off and they're having a tough time getting a much younger fan base and that shows with Miles not caring at all about the MLB.
6: I planned it perfectly last night. I didn't watch the first two rounds of the Home Run Derby. I jumped in right on the last round where Bryce Harper had to make it up and get, I think, nine home runs in a row to tie it up and go to extras and win in bonus time. That was fun. Which is
4: very exciting.
6: It was very exciting for that because I thought there was no chance he was going to do it. I was with a group of people and I was like, this thing is over. And then he just went bang, bang, bang over and over again and took this thing home. That was awesome. But the reason why it was a cool experience is because I didn't have to watch the first hour and a half. And that is the main issue with baseball is the amount of time With the amount of action that goes together is so imbalanced, it's terrible. The amount of time we have to wait for the pitch to get off, the changing of the sign, the pitching changes, the balking back, the look over to first base, the throw to first base, waiting for the teams just to get out onto the field and warm up between each inning. It takes forever to get the game, and it's fine if you want to go for a while because people in baseball always make the point, well, football's three hours and change, but guess what? They get off like 80 plays now, and there's high action. For the majority of the baseball game, you only have five or six pretty good strong hits that make me get out of my seat and go, oh, that's really cool, or a web gem here and there. There's just not enough action in the game for the amount of time it takes.
4: So your attention span is too short for baseball.
6: That's 100% the problem because there's not enough going on in the amount of time that it takes.
5: Honestly, I think the biggest issue, I feel like the MLB and the MLS and the WNBA all have the same issue when it comes to millennials watching. There's no drama in any of those sports, and when I mean drama, my thing is this: Let's look at the NBA. LeBron James moves to LA, everybody freaks out. Boogie Cousins goes to the Golden State Warriors. The world's about to implode. You look at bat. You look at football, even in, in its all season, even in its Hall of Fame game. Tuar Owens deciding not to show up and having his own party. This is drama. This is storyline. Right. There's no drama in baseball anymore. I miss the era of baseball I grew up in. I miss the steroid era of Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, and all that. Because at least then, yo, I'm not a big baseball fan, but, yo, I want to see if Barry Bonds hits this home run. I want to see if Mark McGuire is going to catch Sammy. Is Sammy going to catch Mark? It's going to be crazy. And then you throw an all-star game where you have them in the home run derby? Do those home runs count? Why not? Dude, it's stuff like that that really pulled me into baseball, that drama. Yeah, I would say
4: steroids rejuvenated interest in the sport, but this was still America's pastime. This was still uh, mid-1800s to now. This is what everybody in America was playing. This is what they wanted to be. They looked up to Babe Ruth. They looked up to Mickey Mantle. And now most people don't know who Mike Trout is. Most people don't know the stars of the game and I think it's really hurting not just youth participation, but people dreaming up and being baseball players. People who rather play these different sports.
5: Exactly. And honestly, I, I just feel like there needs to be a rejuvenate. There, there needs to be a rejuvenation to baseball. Even the Red Sox Yankees game—that was something I always wanted to watch as a kid. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, there might be a fight. There might be something crazy that happens. I used to like watching the Cubs because I remember when Steve Bartman caught that ball. I started watching all the Cubs games after that because, like, dude, that was nuts. They really went after one fan because he made a mistake. Right, so it was the
4: drama. That it you was talked the drama, about.
5: and that's what I keep trying to tell people. When people are like, "Miles, uh, the WNBA is slow," or someone's like, "Man, soccer," it's people are fake caring. And when people say baseball, I'm not really into it. The thing that all three of those sports have, well, really don't have. There's no storyline. There's no drama. Because watch this, Clay. You're a soccer fan, right? sir tell me who's the rival of the portland timbers right now
6: <laughs> the, <laughs>
5: exactly exactly that's my that's my exact point <laughs> that's that's a good point
4: and drama brings fans to watch the game
6: and drama is the exact right area to look at because i'm gonna go back in the last five years of what's been going on in baseball there's really only two things that have made me sit down and watch a game one was Derek Jeter's last game because I grew up a big Derek Jeter fan. So, you know, obviously the last game of him is kind of like, you know, seeing one of your childhood heroes go away. That, the World Series between the Cubs and the Indians really didn't even get me that much a whole lot. The the
5: second thing Which
4: was... Which was an extremely exciting World Series, though. Look back. It went seven games. I it went that back one. and forth. I
5: actually watched it and had fun with that
4: Indians one. tied it in Game 7. That was a great one, but it still wasn't enough for it you. It
6: wasn't enough for me. The only thing that ever got me going was... I think this was probably five years ago now, is was right on that point, is when you talk about having the next big star. When he was coming up and people thought he was the next Bo Jackson, I was really into watching Yasil Puig. I was a huge guy that was watching him play every day. I actually went to a Reds-Dodgers game with my family because I was a huge Yasiel uh, Puig fan, and I wanted to see him play. Now, he hasn't really lived up to that superstardom of Bo Jackson. He's had a nice career, but not the same uh, the expectations lived up for. But that's it. There's just not enough going on. It's like Miles said – the NBA, there's something going on every day. LeBron to the Lakers, Kawhi is now going to the Raptors. You look around, what's Greg Popovich? Well, even How many... Social
4: media, oh my god, it's, is it's... much more fun Where... with the NBA and NFL. MLB does not allow team or people other than their actual team accounts to share video of their games. It's terrible. You can't even take a video of your TV and post it of an MLB game, and they, or they'll take it down.
6: They don't know how to promote. I mean, that is why, as you said, the NFL every day, we know who every quarterback is that's a major star in the NFL. We know the big-time wide receivers. In the NBA, I mean, think about this. How much time do we spend on Lonzo Ball, who's just an average rookie point guard? It's just because he's in the media so much and has been publicized by his father and Fox Sports and whatnot. We're all over on top of it. We know every NBA guy. I'm going to go through the list. Mike Trout, I know Manny Machado because his name's getting thrown around in trade rumors all the time. And Carlos Aaron, Correa. Aaron Judge is a big name for a minute. You know who's the biggest MLB star right now? He doesn't even play anymore. His name's Alex Rodriguez, and that's because he's dating J-Lo, <laughs> and I see him. A- With the
0: Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: About
6: it every day okay. on Instagram.
4: Okay, baseball, much like golf, is very star-driven. I feel like if every team had a big star like Ken Griffey Jr. or Barry Bonds, like Miles said, and like you said, Clay, I think a lot more people would watch the games. But baseball has a unique thing, and this is where we'll close this, this argument, is... Is is you can go to a baseball game and not watch the game and still have a good time. It becomes an event. Getting a hot dog, going to the game. It's called two dollar beer nights. <laughs> yeah, two dollar beer nights at the Louisville Bats game. Singing the, not only the national anthem but the seventh inning stretch. That's something that baseball have that is unique that appeals to. I feel like older generations, but there's a gap, and our younger generations have not been able to find that interest. All right, Miles, what do we got next?
2: Are you the best running back? In the SEC? I am the best running back in
5: the SEC. Who's the best running back in 2018? Best running back of 2018 is Benny Snell Jr. Benny Snell's the best running back because he's durable. I can get 200. He can get 200 plus carries. My man, are you going third? Is the third person on me? That's the third person. He can get 200 plus carries and still be able to finish the season. Mm-hmm. Eastern Kentucky. He, he he broke his rib and was able to finish the game with still scoring a touchdown back-to-back a thousand yards rushers as well as being amongst the numbers with Leonard Fournette, um, Herschel Walker, the, those guys mm-hmm. but he's 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 a great
1: work he has a great work that gets. he's all right so far he hasn't got the attention he needed so he's okay. But I believe
5: Benny Smiles is the best running back in college football and, and I go against the guy and I'm going against a lot of great running backs but I think competing with him and be on the same team, I feel like he's the best running back in the You know, we're slept on, he's a slept on
4: player, but he's going to wake a lot of teams up. SEC Media Day, University of Kentucky running back Benny Snell and linebacker Josh Allen talking about the running back Snell and how he is the best running back in the SEC. He even went third person there for a little while to show the cockiness he has for the upcoming season. Now, listeners, let's take this with a grain of salt. Both Miles and Clay are both huge Louisville fans. What are you guys? Uh, what are your expectations for Benny Snell? This well, I'm going to start
6: off. Clay likes Benny Snell's comments, and Clay's pretty. No, I'm not going to go there. But here's what I will say: As growing up a U of L fan, now working for Kentucky and doing stuff, I'm looking at the schedule here, and Benny Snell. I mean, is this the first thing we we want to discuss? Is Benny Snell the best running back in college football? Are we really going down? Yeah, this is
4: this is the sports radio that people want, (laughs) and it's not just that. It's him referring to himself in third person. It's his confidence and cocky attitude. Something I feel like should be more of in sports. I want people to talk like Benny Snell. I look. I
6: got no problem with Benny Snell on SEC Media Day, where I went to SEC Media Day last year. It was a really cool experience. But let's be honest. It's a big meet and greet for all the media guys to come hang out and share their stories of what they've done throughout the last year. Basically, it's a vacation for the media guys. Just to report a couple stories and then leave. Not going to get a quote. I'm fine with Benny Snell hyping himself up. Go for it because Kentucky football has no hype right now throughout the last, I don't know, however many years they've been around. They don't have anything big going on. The season ticket sales are down 10%. I'm fine with Benny Snell hyping himself up a little bit, maybe getting some fans interested. But I think he's the best running back in college football. No, probably hell no, but he's somewhere in the top thirty. I think you still got to start with Bryce Loves the best uh, running back along with Jonathan Taylor. Damian Harris is still probably the best running back in the SEC. Benny Snell though, he's he's a top tier college I disagree. back. I would, disagree. but I'm not. He's not the best even in his own conference.
4: No, he's the best in the SEC. I'm not sure about the nation, but Benny Snell above everybody else in impacting a team and carrying a team to an actual chance to win again a game. Damian Harris, he can't do that if he went to a different school. He has to have everybody around him. He has to have Alabama's system. Benny Snell elevates Kentucky to a different level. Now, Miles, you've been making a lot of faces over there. you got your Cardinals hat on right now. Does Kentucky have any chance to exceed seven wins this year with Benny Snell?
5: Congratulations, Benny Snell. You are the greatest student of the remedial class. Last time I checked, this is Kentucky. This is the same Kentucky that makes cupcake out of conference schedules. They don't put no. The biggest out of conference schedule that they that they put on that schedule is Louisville.
4: The same Kentucky that beat Louisville at Louisville with the Heisman Trophy winner in that season.
5: Stand up and cheer for their own UK because they can't even beat Western. I'm just gonna be honest with you, Benny Snell. He's a great running back. But let me tell you something what Benny Snell really is. He's the only option. Benny Snell yes. is Bobby Rainey of Kentucky. If you don't know who Bobby Rainey is. From I know two, very well. Exactly. 2009, 2008, Bobby Rainey was the only option that WKU had. They lost every game, but Bobby Rainey was honestly the only thing that happened. In fact, when I went to WKU, the joke was this. Bobby, Bobby Rainey takes a snap. Bobby Rainey passes the ball to Bobby Rainey. Bobby Rainey catches the ball for a 30-yard pass from Bobby Rainey. Bobby Rainey scores a touchdown, but he was tackled by Bobby Lynn Rainey. Lynn Bowden is also that pretty is good for really the University of Kentucky. Ben, Benny Snell it's cute. It's fun. It's great that you have that confidence. Here's what I'm going to tell Benny Snell. You want to prove you're the greatest? Win a damn game. Beat Florida. Nobody cares that you're the best person on the remedial team that can't even – win seven games well
4: he's an outside heisman shot i feel like that's cute that's great and he's not on defense he doesn't put 10 people on defense against florida it's not his fault for that to happen but we can still highlight his individual greatness and his impact to be a first round pick in the next draft
5: that's cute and when he gets to the nfl that'd be great just like randall cobb when he was at uk i was like yo that's a great talent I feel so bad that that child chose UK. We all make mistakes. You could have went somewhere better and I'm not even going to say Louisville. All these options you had on the table, Benny Snell, and you chose to go to Kentucky? Let's be honest, guys. Kentucky doesn't even have a football fan base. They have people who are bored and waiting for basketball season to start. If Benny Snell went to a Clemson, if Benny Snell went to a FSU, no one watch this. If Benny Snell went to a Western Kentucky, he would be getting more accommodations and more attention, but no, he chose to go to U.K. where they have the softest cupcake out of conference schedule. They beat their chest when they finally beat Tennessee after 15 years. You can't beat LSU. You can't beat Florida. Why the hell do y'all even play? Y'all can't win any
4: games. Louisville's highlight in the 2017 season, was a touchdown by a squirrel. And
5: you know what? i that take was that. That the only North thing that they North care this. about. And you know what? I will take that. The Lamar Jackson years, it was bittersweet because we had some of the best talent, but we did not go up to expectations. But I will tell you this. In the past 10 years, Louisville has done tremendous – No, you know what? Take that back. WKU has accomplished more than Kentucky has in the past 10 years.
4: I'm, and, here for that. I'm here
5: for and that. I, and, I, and I'm sorry. I'm sick of it. I understand Kentucky fans are going to be mad. Y'all going to be in your feelings. I get it. Wait till basketball season to bray me with your BS. But I'm going to be honest with you, dude. <laughs> Benny Snell. Y'all think Lamar Jackson was a was, was a big waste of talent at L. Benny Snell. This is one of the biggest tragedies that I've seen in football in a while. That man has talent. That man has speed. That man has heart and drive. And he is
4: Wasting it. Well, if they beat Florida next year, it wouldn't be a waste of a season at all. No matter if that was the only win, that
5: would you be know a what? successful if, season. How's this? If Kentucky beats Florida, I will actually wear a UK shirt.
4: How about that?
5: I will actually do it. You I've heard never it made, on made that oral bet, pleasure. But you know what? It's not going to happen because Kentucky can't beat Florida. Kentucky will struggle against Tennessee. They can't beat Georgia. They can't beat LSU. They'll struggle with Vanderbilt. They're going to drop the MTSU game because Kentucky doesn't have a football program. Okay, but all I've heard <clears throat> from you, Miles,
4: is things about Kentucky. Nothing about Benny no, Snell. No, Benny
5: Snell's great. I love him. I'm going to tell you straight up. Benny Snell is honestly, probably the one of the – he is the best running back in the SEC. And he's probably my second or third choice in the nation. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm sorry. It's a waste of talent. And here's the thing. He won't even win a Heisman. He might he might get brought up in the conversation, but all those losses that Kentucky's going to suffer, he's not going to be on the ballot.
4: Well, a lot of this, I feel like, comes from the Music City Bowl of last year where Benny Snell was ejected in the first half for putting his hands on a referee when he refused the referee's help to be helped off of the ground. Something that was ridiculous at the time, but something about Benny Snell has said now that he thinks this was a blessing in disguise that has really helped him work.
6: I think it's, yeah, I think this is all turning out to be positive for Benny Snell because... We're talking about him. And were we talking about Benny Snell last year? Heck no, we well, weren't. He's yeah, becoming I mean, a name in had this area. He
4: 262 carries for 1,333 yards and 19 TDs. People were talking about but him. But
6: it's like Miles said, it, it was empty yards. And not, not in the sense that he didn't earn those yards, but he's getting him for what? To go to the Music City Bowl? Like, they got to do something. And I think, look, if you're Benny Snell point. and you're hyping yourself up this year, I'm all for it. Jump on the train and see if you can get these UK football fans actually interested. And it's going to start... Right when they play Florida, if they come out and they even give them a good game, let's forget the win. If they give them a good game and they're competitive and Benny goes out there for a buck 50 on 20 carries, then guess what? I'll start to buy into the Benny Snell hype, but I'm more on the same area with Miles here. He's going to put up a lot of numbers. He's going to have some fans around UK talking about Heisman talk, which is just absurd. He's not going to be in the Heisman talk. But anyway, they'll have a little campaign going for him. But it's all going to be irrelevant if they don't get at least eight wins. He's got to find a way for this team to get eight wins because this is supposed to be their year. The SEC East is super weak. Obviously, Georgia and Alabama are going to rule in the championship game. But look, if you can put something together here, start off strong, it's Florida, and like I said, just give them a game. Give UK fans some glimmer of hope with Benny Snell playing well, then I'll start to buy him. But right now, it's just all white
4: noise. If you had any doubt, the uk UFL rivalry can get heated. There you go. Miles and Clay both with strong opinions. What do we got next?
3: In moments of crisis, the best communities find a way to come together. Over the last 24 hours, our community has been fractured by the comments made by former UFL trustee John Schnatter.
2: They pushed me, ended up stepping me, and I just said, listen, other people have used that, that word. I don't, and will not use that word, and people of Papa John's don't use that. And that was... that was the
3: comment these comments were hurtful and unacceptable and they do not reflect the values of our with lucky land slots you can
0: get lucky just about anywhere
1: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to
2: has anyone seen the bride and groom
3: sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time
1: no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky
3: University, I have decided with the support of our Board of Trustees to rename our football stadium Cardinal Stadium and to remove Mr. Schnatter's name from the Center for Free Enterprise at our College of Business effective immediately.
2: You know, it's disappointing that they uh... Bring that comment to the news but again shame on me for not being a little bit more sensitive to something that's this sensitive
3: i have stated since my very first day on this job that my commitment to the university of louisville is to make it a great place to learn a great place to work and a great place in which to invest we can only accomplish this if we truly celebrate diversity foster equity And aim to achieve inclusion.
4: Those sounds courtesy of ABC News Radio. And it's just been another crazy week for the University of Scandal. Or should I say University of Louisville, as now their football name has changed. One of their biggest boosters has been disgraced by the national media. And it's just been another thing coming. That was UofL President Dr. Neely Bendapudi and also Papa John himself, John Schnatter, as they discuss the week of events that has led to John Schnatter stepping down as the chairman of Papa John's and now the feud between the university of him. It has gotten messy. It has been a terrible story for not only the university, but all of us here. But it seems like something as good has come out of this situation, and that is the president of the University of Louisville. She made a swift decision with confidence, and I think that that was the best thing for her at that time.
6: Yeah, there's, there's no cho- choice anymore. I mean... Good Lord, it feels like once a month there's some new scandal. I mean, I thought we had put the Rick Pitino, uh, Tom Jurich era behind us. Uh, I guess there was another layer piece in there, in Papa John's, uh, whatnot. But yeah, it was just, she made the right call. She had to do it. And uh, I heard uh, John Schnatter's interview with Terry on Friday. And, you know, he tried to explain what happened. And honestly, I kind of understood what he was talking about, where he said he thought he was... He didn't say the word duped but felt like he was duped by the marketing firm and trying to extort him and that type of thing and i was kind of on his side but i really had a hard time believing if he's getting extorted then why is he coming out and like resigning from everything i just was very confused by the whole situation it's
4: Okay, certainly, let's let's yeah. back up and set the scene on okay. why this has started. So, in May, it came out that Papa John's used the N word on a racism training conference call with the marketing agency Laundry Service. After that leaked, many of the football players for the University of Louisville expressed concern. And eventually, the president of UofL, Neely Bendapudi, came out and took the name, took Papa John's off of Cardinal Stadium, now just making it Cardinal Stadium. Since then, Papa John's has sent a letter to the board, the chair of the board of Papa John's, after stepping down, saying he regretted stepping down, and that he will now not, he won't go quietly, and that this thing has just become a huge expose of just the University of Louisville, but Papa John's, the racist himself.
6: It, it, you know, it goes back to this thing. It's the same issue that we had with Patino and Jurich, and you know, I'm not trying to compare situations, but it's just like. What's the real story? Because we saw with Rick and Tom, they were both hand in hand. They believed that they were screwed over by Andre McGee. You know the family uh, of Brian Bowen, all these people. Everybody
4: was against Louisville. An leader. ego-driven move, exactly. You kind of know called.
6: everybody's just trying to screw over Louisville. And then you would hear like Rick say things in interviews just a few months ago that weren't like lining up with what he said before. And it's the same thing with Papa John's. It's like, okay, wait a minute. You said you were wrong. You came on Terry's show. And you know you try to plead your case, but you know you knew he admitted you know how racially insensitive the comments were. But now he wants to come back and fight it and say he regrets resigning from Pop. Like, what's the real deal, deal here with Papa John's? That's what I'm confused about. The only conclusion I think we're going to get to here is just seeing the history over the last couple of years. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get personal, and there's going to be these little rifts back and forth between the U people and Papa John's and his lawyer. And I'm sure at the end of the day, Papa will get a sum of money, and he's going to lose some credibility around here, and people are going to be mad at him, and is going to have some stuff come out, and they're going to have to set up their boatload of lawyers, and it's not going to be pretty for anybody, and the University of Scandal, as Billy started it with, will continue to go on. I'm not sure when the end of this would be. I thought we were done with it with Rick and Tom, and we were just going to have to weather the storm with whatever happened here, of potential another postseason ban, or who knows what's going to go on with the Brian Bowen thing. But it just seems like from one day to the next, there's just something always coming up with a member of the University of Louisville community, whether it's a coach, an athletic director, or now a business associate, it's just never pretty.
4: Well, despite what Colonel Sanders used to say back in the day, you can't say that word today. And, but the strange thing about this story is, is about the extortion by laundry service, this marketing agency that apparently, if you believe John Schnatter, was trying to get him to say the word. Miles, I mean, this is just so many different directions for the story. What's the thing that you highlight out of this?
5: I had a discussion on Facebook with my friends the other night. Dude, no one can make you say that word, man. No, I'm a black guy myself, okay? So in case y'all couldn't tell, I am an African-American, black, whatever you want to call it. But no one made him, no one's pushed him to say that. And honestly, as a white guy, there's no reason for you to say it. Like, honestly, like, it's not even really part of that culture unless you start venturing out and learn and around people who use that word a lot. But even then, you are in control yourself. My mom used to tell me all the time when I used to argue with people in class when I was in elementary, and middle school, and high school, no one can make you say anything. No one can make you react. Only you have that option. He said it.
4: And any use of the word is offensive,
5: correct? Exactly. But the thing was like this, like, he's trying to blame other people. That was the thing that got me when you try to say, oh, well, they kept pushing me to say it. No one pushed you to say it. And even if someone pushed you to say it, how old are you, man? Let's be real. You're not you're not 15. You're not 10. You're a grown man. You control what comes out of your mouth. Right. So don't sit here and say that someone tried to make you say it. Be a man. I said it. I'd rather him really be like, yeah, I said it. What's up? I said it. It's part of the culture now. What's up? I said it. What you gonna do about it?
4: So if he would have argued context rather not, than even
5: if he didn't argue context, if he would just admit it and said he said it and that was it, I'd have been like, hey, cool. All right, you said it. You know you knew it was wrong. You messed up. It's not that big of a deal, but don't try to blame someone else.
4: But he's still gonna he's still gonna lose his name from the stadium. He's still the repercussions are still coming, even if he embraced that he said it.
5: Exactly. I and mean, here's the thing: there's repercussions no matter what you do. And honestly, let me put you a little bit bit in my word, man, because we had this discussion. And I I, I get into discussions about race all the time. And one of the biggest things is that you'll see about this debate, the counter argument is, well, it's in hip hop. It's in hip hop. Last time I checked, he sells pizzas. He's not a rapper. Maybe he wants to change his profession if he wants to say it more often and see where that gets him. But my thing is this. Even me, the reason why I like this podcast, I can talk the way I want to talk to you. You feel me? I have a space like this. In corporate America, I can't talk like this because I'll get pinned down as the angry black man. I can't do this. There are certain ways and certain things I can't talk like. There are certain ways I cannot dress. There are certain ways I cannot be like because it comes across intimidating. There are consequences to what I say on a daily basis. There are consequences to how I dress on a daily basis. And honestly, just as the phylum of our system in America, that's just what it means to be black sometimes. And the beautiful thing about, the beautiful and ugly thing about the N-word is this. When a white person says it, yeah, it has different repercussions than it will a black person. Mm -hmm. If I said it on on one of my podcasts, or if I said it, And a group, there's nothing, nothing's going to happen to me. If you said it, depending on where you are, something might happen. Right. But that's the thing. You got to understand where you are, the context, who you are before you say anything.
4: Yeah. I watched a clip of Kendrick Lamar bringing a white girl on stage and she sang the song verbatim and everyone got real quiet when she ended up saying that, that word. And Kendrick Lamar himself didn't want her saying that word.
5: Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, the, that's the crazy, that's the weird thing about America because, you see, even in the black community, the N-word has a big debate. And even me, I'm indifferent in, I'm in different other ways, okay? Because if you understand the origins of the word, the reason why the N-word was invented, the very source of the reason was when slaves first got brought over here, and before you even had slaves, you had Africans and black people living in this country before there was even a slave trade in the 1300s. The N-word was referred to because a lot of those people from Africa were from the actual Niger. And then it got put on to what it is now. And believe it or not, you go even further back, uh, Kendrick Lamar even comes through with the word King, when he comes with his song King Kunta, he breaks down where the original trace of the N word came from was Negus, which means King, which once again comes from Africa. So now the reason why you got a lot of African-Americans who go back and forth and say, yo, what's up my this? What's up my that? Is because it is a familiarity. It is also showing a sign Afection of respect. And exactly. Respect. But once again, it's in that culture. Like me, I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable calling someone a redneck. I'm not in that culture. I don't know anything about that. I will never use that word against somebody or even if it is just for fun, just because I'm like, yo, I understand. That's not me. I'm not part of that culture. I'm not in that word. That's not for me. I don't have to say that. Even if someone's acting that stereotypical type of way that I see on television, I'm not going to say it. John Schneider knew better. He knew not to say it. But the thing is this. Maya Angelou said it best. When people show you who you are, believe them. John Schneider's been like that forever. He's been saying that word for a while. That's why I just flew off his mouth. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to backtrack and say, well, Colonel Sanders back said it back in the 1800s. Well, hell, in the 1800s, it was said all the time. I think we all know that. It's not that deep. We get it. But it's 2018. And last time I checked, you sell pieces, not chicken. So shut your mouth.
4: And this comes off the heels of John Schnatter's remarks with the NFL where he said the NFL stance on the national anthem protest is costing him sales dollars and pizzas. I mean, maybe this guy, John Schnatter, maybe he's just a little out of sorts and maybe this is a reckoning that needed to come for him.
6: You know, the weird thing with me is we've turned into and I heard a little bit of Terry's interview with him on Friday is he had the comment, uh, and this is an exact direct quote, but it's pretty accurate, where he said, Terry brought up, he's like, you know, you, you know, your relationship with the NFL is obviously dissolved. He's like, you know, they dropped you, is what Terry said. You know, the NFL dropped you. And he he goes with the line. He's like, no. He goes, you know, I dropped the NFL. And, like, that's the problem I think I've, you know, whether whatever the context he said the word in, that's up for debate, if he's a racist or not. But it's just like we've turned into all these guys that are super powerful and have lots of money, and it starts with the Donald Trump thing that, like, they believe that they're bigger than everybody else. So, like, John Schnatter thinks, yeah, 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 we dropped the NFL. We don't want to be a part of them. Listen, man, you were a part of those guys for 20 years making a heck of a lot of money, and John Schnatter loved being the face of the company up there throwing around the dough with Peyton Manning on the commercials. He loved being a part of the NFL. Things obviously didn't work out with the comments, and, you know, he had issues going back and forth with different people in the league, and it, it didn't pan out. So I just don't like the fact that we've turned everything into – Whenever you're wrong, with John Schnatter in this situation, uh, and like I said, specifically the thing he talked about with Terry on getting shut down with the NFL, he comes back with, oh no, you know, I took down the NFL. I didn't want to be a part of their brand anymore. It's like, come on, man, let's just be honest. Things aren't going well right now for Papa John's. He's fallen off the map a little bit. He said some dumb things. It's time to regroup, rethink what you're talking about, and try to be smarter. But everybody, nobody wants to admit fault. You know, he went from at first he sounded like he was a guy that was wrong and apologized. Now he wants to go back. He, he did. Wants, that was weird. He wants to go back now and he wants to sue UofL and they're not going away quietly. And he's the one that dropped the NFL. It's like, come on, show some humility. You were wrong. It's time to move on. You made some bad choices and you got to live with them. And
4: before Miles wraps us up, you can listen to Terry Miners from three to six weekdays on News Radio 840 WHAS.
5: My thing is this with John Schneider. I'm going to tell you personally, you're trying to be a badass. I see what you're trying to do. I'm going to tell you like they told LeBron James. They told him stick to football, stick to basketball. Quit trying to be this big, bad dude who can, thinks he can say whatever he wants. Stick to pizza. Stick to pizza.
4: What a great way to end Papa John's regime. You're listening to Oral Pleasure. You can listen to us on iTunes, Spreaker, Spotify. Many different ways if you want to get in touch with the show or the guys on the show. You can follow me, Billy Rutledge, on Twitter at Sports. Miles Morton. Miles, what's your Twitter handle?
5: Lacking
6: Miles.
4: And Clay Abels, the one who doesn't work here.
6: At Clay underscore A B L E S.
4: And if you're a listener of the podcast, you know we like to do some segments around this time and after our three topics. And instead of off my chest, I have something to say today. And I feel a little guilty. So I'm going to say, I must confess. And I must confess that I use my phone all the time when I'm driving. It doesn't matter where I'm going. It doesn't matter how long I'm in the car for. I usually have my phone in one of my hands or in my lap. And I know it's against the law to text while you're driving, but it's, again, something that I've done before. And this is a problem. I feel like we're the millennial podcast. We're the podcast for the short attention span. And so we're speaking to a lot of millennials ourselves. And this is a big problem, but at the same time, I drive perfectly with a phone in my hand. I have no problem. I have never gotten in a wreck that was my fault, and I usually have my phone in my hand all the time, so I realize that it's a bad of society, and I realize how terrible of a person I am when I'm speaking this out loud, but I must confess that I use my phone all the time while I'm driving, if I'm changing music, if I'm using a GPS, I'm on Twitter sometimes on long drives, and that's a terrible thing to do, I'm putting so many lives at risk. But I can multitask and I could do that at the same time. Now, I bring that question to you guys. Should I feel like a terrible person for this? Is this something that you do as well? Or is this something something I'm overblowing?
6: I do it all the time as well. Uh, I'll be the first one to admit it. I constantly, you know, if people are, if, it's, if there's no, you know, the right wording is, you know, there's no text that's that important. But if I feel there's like somebody I'm texting that's, you know, at work or something that's, uh, with school, you know, always feel the need to text back as fast as possible. So I've, trust me, there's many times where I've been driving around on the cruise control and pick the phone up and send a text or send a tweet or even a Snapchat. You know, I'm the first one. I do it every time. And I had this conversation with a friend a couple of months back. I'm like, man, I don't really realize how often I'm on my phone. Not just throughout the day, but in the car. So I mean, yeah, I kind of I feel with you the same way. I do it just as bad as anybody else, but.
4: But that's a terrible thing. Some people can see it as worse or as bad as drunk driving. You are distracted driving, and you're putting people at risk.
5: Man, look, it's 2018. I'm sorry. Look, there's been times, even when I'm working, I need my phone to see where I'm going as far as my GPS goes. Uh, People text and call. I use the hands-free stuff. If you have
4: a job, an Uber or a Postmates, you're having to use your phone. So I have to
5: use my phone. It's one of those things, honestly— I feel like our generation, when it first started out, it it led to a lot of accidents and things like that. I know there's still a lot of accidents going on, and I know car companies are trying to help with the whole hands-free thing going on and things like that, too. And honestly, you're talking about probably by 2030, 2035, all cars will have some type of hands-free system in it. But it's become second nature. I I guarantee you there were accidents when – the first drive-through restaurant opened up, and people were eating and drinking their <laughs> drinks. On the, You feel me? Yeah, they wasn't yeah. used to it. And I just feel like over time, it's just become second nature because I'll never forget great example when Pokemon Go first came out. I was one of those guys, like, one hand on the steering wheel, the other hand trying to catch something. I'm Dead sure serious. a lot
4: of people did that.
5: And there were times I almost got in an accident. And then, like, over time, I'm not going to sit here and act like I stopped. I'll be honest, I didn't. Over time, I got to the point, like, all right, red light, I'm bored. Cool, moving on. And I just learned how to do it in a safer way. And honestly, is it still safe? No. Is it still a habit? Yes. Um, is it is it still dangerous? It is. But I feel like our generation, we're the multitask generation. We're the generation that has to do multiple things. Attention span. Even while we're driving. And yep. that's just because I mean, everyone wants to blame the millennials for having a low attention span. But hell, we got jobs where we got a type of paper at the same time, get ready for this presentation. At the same time, we got a conference call that we got to do all this at the exact same time.
4: Right, so, we're always working, we're, never unplugged, we're, always checking the Exactly, email.
5: we're always working, we're working 24-7. That's something you never had to worry about in the 50s, 60s, or 70s, or 80s, even in the 90s. It's 2018, this is life, period.
4: Well, that's good. I don't feel as bad about myself. And if you have an opinion on this, you can tweet us and tell us what you think.
6: No, there's many more things you should feel bad about throughout your day. But l- let me go on this <laughs> uh, point. I actually, I'll be <laughs> I'll be on this point. When I first got my uh, first car, I remember I had my phone, and I don't think I was texting if I remember right, but my phone was like on the side of my passenger seat, because that's always where I lay it when I drive, and it fell off the seat, and when I reached down to grab it, I had my hand down there for a while. My eyes were down there as well. I did bump into a car and cause a wreck. So I, let me tell you, it's very possible. Oh, it's
4: definitely
5: possible. So people,
6: like I said, if, if Probable. there is no text that's worth it. Uh, I don't have a problem with people looking down at the GPS every once in a while. Because at the end of the day, you got to know where you're going. I mean, that, I don't have a problem with that. The phone call thing, I know there was that debate. I don't have the issue with that. But the texting thing, we've got to learn. You know, I, I know we're working 24-7, but we do need to learn how to pull it back. I'm right there with you, Billy. I've got to be one of the first people because I text all the time when I drive.
4: And that is I Must Confess. That's going to wrap up our show today for Aural Pleasure. Miles Morton and Clay Ables. I am Billy Rutledge. Remember, every Wednesday night, Thursday morning is when we post. Follow us on Twitter to get those posts. iTunes, Spreaker, Spotify, Aural Pleasure. Now, you know what time it is. It's time to bring the funk back. It's time for the sounds of the week.
2: One more at the buzzer for the win! Sensational! Twenty-one.
5: Can't uh, hide from the elephant in the room. It's been a long time, and uh, we need to beat beat Florida, but we need to beat a lot of teams on our schedule. So we don't put too much emphasis on that game until it gets there. We do play them early in the season, uh, so uh, you know we'll see. It is what it is. We'll go down there and play them early in the year at, at the swamp, which we all know uh, is a very tough environment. Uh, they have a new uh, change in coaching staff, and we're familiar with Dan and what he does, and the great job that he does. It's a tough play, they're a, 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 a tough game, but, uh, but we're excited, and we'll embrace that challenge when the time comes. They just didn't deserve this. They deserve, deserve better. out the founder, and I let them down, and I'm not happy with myself. Would you now, with the whole world watching, tell President Putin...
4: Would you denounce what happened in 2016, and would you warn him to never do it again?
1: All I can do is ask the question. My people came to me, Dan Coats came to me, and some others, they said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin, Uh, he just said it's not Russia. I will say this, I don't see any reason why it would be. Here's a 3-2.
2: Swing and a ball hammer. Left field, way back there, on its way, out of here! It's a three-run homer, and the American League has jumped on top. It is to 5-2. He got all of it into the bullpen in left field. There's your MVP right there,
1: partner. I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case... Come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. I called him a competitor, and a good competitor he is. Uh, And I think the word competitor is a uh, a compliment.
2: And Fittingly enough, a guy named Scooter at the plate. Swings and hammers one. Right field, and we are tied! Scooter Jeanette puts a charge into one. How about that? Off the bench, a two-run homer, and it is 5-5, wow.
3: By taking this action, we renew our community's commitment to speaking up when it matters, doing what is right, and coming together as one team, one cardinal family, to heal and move forward. The brightest days for this university are still ahead.